You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, welcome to Bitch Slap. This is Rachel Fisher. This is Desi Jettikin. And this is Season 3, Episode 3, In-Laws and Outlaws. Clever. It's very clever. <laughs> well, the cold open. Jake is waking up on a boat with Brittany in in his floral sheets. They're they're fucking. He's he's been fucking this girl. And this <laughs> is we ended last episode with Palmer Woodward learning that he's been in cahoots with Brittany, and she seems to really be enjoying her job. Yeah, I would say she's getting paid to fuck. Jake Hansen, which I is apply. not a bad gig, <laughs> not a bad gig. Um, she is so over the top horny. Once again, Jake, you're pathetic. Like, yeah, he could not resist. He couldn't resist this woman. But once again, he's like, he means it this time. He's ready to kick her out. This is such a classic guy move where they're like, I told you that I didn't want a relationship, <laughs> but they keep fucking when treating you like the girlfriend or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Jake, he do this. He thinks he's setting a boundary with her, but he keeps falling for it. I mean, I think there's a way to do a casual sex relationship, but I feel like sleeping over and stuff, you know? <laughs> like she's living on the boat. Yeah, letting her live on the boat is doesn't scream casual. It's literally got to be like, we never see each other, we sex, and then we go. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why is he just letting her stay there? Also, sometimes you have to take into account the other person, and she clearly wants more than he does. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's when you have to say, I can't do casual with her. Right. But she's him. she's not listening. Mm. She's like in full that sign sign can't stop me. I can't read mode. Yeah. And she's like, I'm gonna go get us some croissants. Not Marina croissants. Not you know those are terrible. Where is she getting? I saw a really cute bakery. No, you didn't. There's no cute bakery at the Marina. That's like someone has they got some croissants from uh, Costco. Yeah, and they're putting them out. Right. What is she talking about? So she she gets off the boat and parked at the Marina is Palmer Woodward. He is waiting in a car completely conspicuously. He's very conspicuous this entire episode. This guy is in pure villain mode. He's just bad. He's bad, but he's also terrible at hiding. Yeah, because he's like wanted. He's wanted by the FBI, does he? And he's just like out and about. Also, he knows Jake will call him in. Of course. Jake won't stop. Jake doesn't give a shit. No, he's just hanging like right outside the boat in a car. Yeah. It's crazy. And... She's like, Palmer, he's not, he's not falling for it. And he's like, keep him entertained. You keep sucking, babe. You keep <laughs> sucking and fucking. Well, well, but we still don't know what he's not falling for, right? Because it's like, well, you're fucking him. You got that. Yeah, it's very unclear. It's, it's like sort of insinuated that he wants Jake to fall in love with this girl. But it's, he's still on the boat. He still has him cornered on a boat. Yeah. Right? Um, And she's like, he's not so easily manipulated, but I sure am having a nice time trying. And I'm still unclear on whether or not they're fucking. Palmer and Brittany? Yeah. Like, what's their little deal? And how did they link up? Yeah. I don't know. 
Anyway, cut to opening credits. And I noticed this time, because I must have skipped the last few, that Laura Layton is finally in the main credits. Yes, she is by season three. Kimberly is not. still not in the main credits. Mm-mm. Sydney is in the hospital doing some Rorschach. How do you say that? Rorschach. Rorschach tests. She's doing the ink blots. She looks like a little. She's like. She's real sassy. She's real sassy. She's she knows these tests are stupid. She's like looks like an angel. (laughs) She's fucking with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And she tells the doctor, she's like, "I am perfectly sane." And the doctor's like, "Well." The courts don't look too fondly on sane girls who run over their spouses. And she's like, yeah, but I was framed. This doctor is a dick. Everyone who works at this hospital sucks. Mm -hmm. This doctor sucks. He doesn't give a shit. He just takes out his notepad and scrawls something. And then she grabs his notepad and is like, you got to believe me, doc. Yeah. She... Is her own worst enemy in these scenes. But I get she's frustrated. I'd be frustrated too, but she's definitely not helping her case. The doctor pushes a mysterious button underneath the desk, which signals the security to come in. And she's screaming, I'm not crazy. She gets taken away. And this is a cardinal role for everyone listening. You never look more crazy when you're screaming, you're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. You it can't, can't be done. It cannot be done. But she does... Um, I was laughing that the doctor was fearing for his life. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, all she did was throw his notepad. She's, he's like, what took you so long? He was so scared. <laughs> he was way scared. <laughs> At Wilshire Memorial Hospital, Michael... Still doesn't remember his personal life, but his doctor tells him that there's no sign of brain injury. That seems like brain injury. I don't know. Look, these are all probably medically unsound things that are happening right now. I just don't know that any of this is very... It's more story-related. Of course. I think. But all Michael knows is that he's very lucky to have a woman like Kimberly to take care of him. He doesn't know who she is, but he knows that this woman must really love him. Yeah. And Kimberly, of course, since she needs to micromanage this whole situation, it's a very delicate situation. She's there. She's there in in the room with Michael and this doctor. The doctor and Kimberly go to talk in private, And the doctor informs her that Michael's memory loss is temporary. Like, he knows, which is also crazy, because I feel like people don't know, usually. Well, you mean know whether it's going to be temporary or not? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I I don't know how a doctor could predict that. The brain is very mysterious. Mm. Anyway, to help him regain his memory, he suggests that she cook him his favorite foods, I'm like, well, she already did that. She cooked him shrimp gumbo. But now I have an interesting conspiracy theory. Are you talking about what we learn later in the episode? Yes. Because is she intentionally cooking him foods he did not love? I think so. Because that's why we were like, wait, he likes gumbo? He, she wants, Kimberly <laughs> wants to confuse him. Yeah, so she's intentionally doing things he doesn't like or give a shit about. Yeah, she doesn't want him. She doesn't want, of course, she doesn't want him to remember everything. No. Because if he remembers everything, then he's going to know about their history and he's going to remember that she was the one that ran him over. Even though I don't buy that in that split second, a cabriolet is like hurling towards you, you can clearly see who's driving like that. That she's like, let's play it safe and have him not remember anything. But they didn't have a bad relationship. They were together at that time. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like she's trying to make him remember something that wasn't true. Yeah, but also he could maybe understand that there was tumultuous incidents in their relationship. Yes, I don't know, but she's she. The doctor wants her to basically cook him his favorite foods, take him places that he liked to help him remember. And 
when Kimberly gets back to Michael, she's like, I think we should just like move and start over somewhere fresh. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And it's kind of like, what does Kimberly want? Do you know what I mean? It's unclear if she still wants him dead or if she just wants to isolate him and mold him into the perfect, the, the perfect guy. Yeah. At Jane Mancini Designs, Jane is wearing a very cute striped knit stretch body hugging dress. But I will say I do feel like hair and makeup is struggling with Jane's pixie grow out. Oh, I, I wrote down that I liked it. I It seemed a little crunchy to me. Like stiff? Well, because she has like a little bob flip. I but know. I thought I love it was it. a little sprayed crunch on the tip, on the ends. That was very popular in the mid 90s, the little bob flip. I don't mind the bob flip. I just felt it was a little crunchy. Yeah, it was stiff. I kind of liked it. Um, I thought I like her hair this length, I think it looks really cute. But that's neither here nor there because Chris, the Australian guy, stops in. He's just there every day, basically. Yeah, what is his job? Does he even have a job? I can't believe this big whatever department store really gives a shit about Jane. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> also, this why would this be in person? This could just be all over whatever, the phone or... No, he's just always hanging around. If he's so important and he works for this department store, why does he have all this free time to go to Jane's shop all the time? He just pops in. Yeah. He pops in and he's like, I got, I got bad news, Jane. And the bad news is that they need Michael's signature on the contracts. Otherwise, the department store deal is off. And she's like, Michael still doesn't remember anything. That's going to be so difficult. Actually, it's going to be easier. It's going to be really easy. (laughs) And he's like, deal with it. Deal deal with it. But then they just start making out in the office. Yeah. I would love to hear a perspective from Jane's employees. Like this guy, this weird Australian guy just comes in here every day and just makes out with our boss. Yeah. Totally like tongue down her throat. Like serious. It's like a very horny making out. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, go draw your designs. (laughs) (laughs) Allison's back at D&D. She's back from her amazing trip to Wisconsin. I like that she literally gets off the airport and goes right to D&D. Yeah. Like, she's got plain pussy. She's, like, arriving at D&D as her first stop. She's in her suit. She's like, well, I, I didn't want to get behind at work. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's going off. She's, like, telling Amanda how happy she is, that she confronted her dad, and she's very free emotionally. She's just, like... She's elated. And she's grateful to and, Amanda. And she's so grateful that Amanda gave her a few days off so she could handle this. And told her to deal with and confront it, right? Amanda was one of the few people who was like, let it be known. Right. But Amanda says, that's great. I'm sure your shrink is going to be fascinated with the details. <laughs> and we see Allison's face fall. Oh, Amanda. Nobody cuts like Amanda. And it's like, well, I would be interested in the juicy details, I have to say. <laughs> I would too, but she had to get that barb in. She needs to get she she will she will um sacrifice juicy goss just to get a, a dig in. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda tells Allison that D&D has landed Escapade magazine and as a result of that, Bruce has hired Billy to be their senior copy editor. And Allison's like, what? She's like, why is Billy working here? She's disgusted. She's so disgusted. <laughs> I was honestly shocked at her reaction. Her reaction is a little shocking to me. Well, didn't you think it might go in the direction that she was upset Billy didn't mention it to her? But it was literally just the fact that it happened. <laughs> yeah, she's she, like, you hired that idiot? She, <laughs> she's like, I live with him. He's a numbskull. He's so <laughs> dumb. He's going to be terrible at this job. Um, and Amanda's like, well, now you guys can be together 24 hours a day. Yeah. And Allison's disgusted by that. She's like, this was my escape. (laughs) So Allison marches over to Billy's cubicle and she's like, well, what a surprise. 
She is not happy. She accuses Billy of doing this for Amanda. Yeah, she's so pissed. She goes from like zero to 60. Uh, And then Billy, he gets pissed too. Yeah, he says something really mean. He says, I'm tired of standing on the sidelines while you sort out a lifetime of emotional baggage. (laughs) Billy is not cut out for dealing with people who have issues. Do you know what I mean? Like He handles this so poorly. But at the same time, I do feel like they're not right for each other. (laughs) Yeah. And like this was bound to happen and luckily they're not married. Right? Like. Yeah. Billy can't handle when other people are having like a crisis. No. And he's handled this wrong from the start. Right. I think. Because he wanted to just immediately get her on a, a plane to Vegas. Well, this, for this, this whole deal for Billy is the, the, the number one sort of detail of this storyline is that he got left at the altar. Yeah. That's the most traumatic thing that happened in this whole story. Right. Like Allison's, it's like, well, that was old. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long time ago. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't get how life changing this trauma is. He just thinks it's emotional baggage. That she can't let go of. Right. Get over it. You were molested. Get over it. But it's like, it's also coming from someone who has never had anything bad happen to him outside of the time he got mugged or whatever. Right. Which also wrecked him. Dude, Do you remember? He, like that, he, that we were all supposed to walk on eggshells. <laughs> yeah. He when was, he got mugged or he robbed. He was a mess for like three episodes. Yeah. But it's like, he can't get why this might be even more, you know, awful. Yeah. It's crazy. He's... He's had it with Allison, and he's like, I got to look out for me, because I got problems too, and believe it or not, you happen to be the root cause of most of them. This was a very Michael Mancini uh, moment for Billy, where he was like, hey, wait a minute, and come come to think of it, you're the root cause of all my problems. (laughs) That was so mean. That's not the root cause. Like, Allison is not the root cause of Billy's problems. Like, no, his problems go way far back. He's the type of normie who thinks that they don't have any issues, but they actually have a lot of psychological problems. <laughs> like, he needs therapy. Like, but he thinks like he's completely fine. He thinks everyone else but him needs therapy. Yes. But he, he should have it for sure. And Allison is like, <gasps> she can't believe, she can't believe this. I love. I love when people are mean to Allison. That is my fatal flaw. I know. Because it is wrong of what he said, but it is funny to see her, see her shocked when people are very mean. Because her reactions, Courtney Thorne Smith is so great because her reactions are just like so perfect. Billy. <laughs> she's like, she can't believe it. She can't fucking believe it. And this is a classic episode where Allison is just getting hit. Oh, the beating has begun, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Like, the emotional beating that Allison takes from everyone is just crazy. This is the real turning point episode for me for when Amanda and Allison's workplace beef turns ugly. Yeah, the gloves are off officially. Yeah, there's no more pretenses anymore. Because Amanda, up until this point, has been very good about slyly sort of putting Allison in her place and being shady to her. But and now acting she, offended when people say she's not nice, right? Like Yeah, but what? now she's not being shady anymore. She's just being direct. Yes. And being like, I'm gonna fucking put you in your place. Yes. So that night at the psych hospital, the girls are watching a movie and Sydney gets up to use the payphone and what do you know? She calls Matt, the one person who, who who still kind of cares. <laughs> Matt is like, oh, Sydney, where are you? And she's like, Matt, they locked me up in a loony bin. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And he's like, uh, what do you want me to do about it? I mean, Sydney's smart because, yes, Matt, Matt doesn't care about Sydney, but Matt does care about injustice. Yes. <laughs> he cannot help himself if he sees something, someone being wronged. He yeah. has to get his, you know, nose in it. Sydney's been unfairly incarcerated. Matt 
knows a lot about the criminal justice system and he needs to right this wrong. And he knows a lot about Kimberly and Michael. Like he has all the, he has info people don't know. Yes. So this gets his gears turning. He knows, he, he, he starts to clock that something's a little off here. Yes. That's when the orderly takes the phone away from Sydney and the line goes dead. And Matt's like, hmm, hmm. this is sus. Allison gets in bed in her own bedroom. She doesn't get in her... They don't share... They're not sharing a bed. She's in her dog PJs. <laughs> yeah, she's she's wearing these flannel PJs with dogs on them. They're short. Short PJs. Like, shorts and a top. A button-up. Yeah. Set. And she's... She apologizes. Like, they apologize to each other. I know Billy comes in to talk like it's a very special episode. He sits on her bed. This is weird. I was like, you guys are, this is not a relationship. Like, why aren't they sleeping together? They've never slept together. Like, they don't share a bedroom. And I think that's so weird. It's weird that it's not like an, like, it's not something people like, yeah, he snores. So this keeps our relationship sane. Like, whatever. I don't think people have to share a room. I get it. People who don't. But why they seem like they would. They've never explained why. They just have never shared a bedroom. It's very weird in this circumstance. So they both apologize to each other. And we think it's going to be fine. But guess what? It's not going to be fine. No. He's like, good night. (laughs) So they just leave. It's like so weird. And upstairs... Over at Joe's apartment, we begin one of the most irritating storylines on Melrose Place. Yeah, it all starts with a knock. Ugh. It's like, why did you open that door, Joe? I fucking hate Reed Carter's parents. They're the worst. So much. They're like, Reed, we read our son, Just the Reed. absolute most irritating bad people who don't think they're bad. Because they're like Christian. Yeah. They're super irritating. Super moralizing Christian people who are just like creepy. And the the another worst quality, people who idolize their bad children. Ugh. It's like just accept who they are. Your son's a rapist and an abuser. And a criminal. Yeah. (laughs) Um she lets Reed's parents in because they're like, it's Reed's parents. We just want to talk. I I swear to God, this whole... I was like, don't open the door. I know. Ignore that knock. <laughs> <Even> like, <laughs> no, I've seen this a million times and I know what's going to go down. But I still... I was like, please just don't say your... Just, just lie to them. Or just be like, go away. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because she's like... Here's the thing. How is she so dumb? She made so many bad choices in this situ in this whole episode. I was tearing my fucking hair out at her because she she uh, should have never let them know she was pregnant. Period. Period. The minute she knows she was showing, she can't let them in. Say, "I'm sorry, I have the flu." W- what's wrong with lying to people? This is soap opera. This is. <laughs> then they see her. At least she could get busted without her own fault. Do you know what I mean? Like, but even then, she still had some. She still could have saved herself. Yes. By being like it's not his. It's not his or I just got I got fat. Like well, I don't she know was wearing she, overalls. She doesn't look extremely pregnant initially in the scene. She doesn't. I still think she could have had plausible deniability. Totally. Um especially I mean at the very least just be like it's not him, it's Jake Hansen's. Right. Yeah. Whatever. There's there's so many ways she could have lied. Um, so we're going to go through what happened. They, she lets them in and they're just like, we just want pictures of Reed. If you have any, Do you have any mementos, <laughs> why would they need a picture? It's like you had, he, they, he, they were together a few months. You really need a picture from that period. He's your son. He gives a shit. And so, yeah, anything will do. And the dad is like very apologetic. He's like, we, he's like, we know our son was a piece of shit. And we're very sorry. <laughs> we're very sorry he hurt you. But Joe is 
skeptical and it's like okay her reaction is right at this point she's having a normal reaction but her decision making is like so outrageous right because she's skeptical she's skeptical she's cold to them and they're like we're staying at this hotel if you want yeah if you want to talk to us we just want to we just want to apologize but the mom definitely clocks it before she leaves the door she kind of looks because Joe is wearing overalls, uh, and it's like you know, it's kind of obvious that she's pregnant if you know. Yeah, but uh, it's possible they're kind of baggy and shapeless, right? But the mom definitely looks before she leaves the door. The mom has like a suspicion, I guess. And Joe, they leave, and then Joe clutches her belly. <laughs> classic. <laughs> it was a classic move. The next morning, Matt is, like, talking to Jane at her apartment. And he's like, I don't know. Sydney sounded real sincere. I I think something's going on. Like, I kind of believe her. And Jane is like, stay out of it, Matt. Sydney is a very sick woman. And Matt's like, it's too bad. We can't just ask Michael who did it. And Jane's like, well... I'm going to go see him this afternoon because he needs to sign this contract. And Matt's like, well, I need to tag along with you. I love an aggressive Matt. I do too. He's taking charge. He's like, I, he's like, I need, I need to know. I need to know. I have to see him again. Right. Cause he's been forbidden basically from Kimberly from being alone with Michael. Right. And then that's when Jane says, do you want me to bring you along so you can play detective? Yes, Jane. And <laughs> she, <laughs> she, but she agrees. She's like, okay, you can come along. Even though she's like, I think Sydney did it, Matt. I mean, she's so sure, right? She's convinced. She, she doesn't have any questions about this. I, I'm surprised because. It's not, Sydney is obsessed with Michael and loves him desperately. I just don't buy that she would kill him. Yeah. I guess it's hard because we see all this Kimberly stuff. So we're like, people are just not suspicious of Kimberly at right. all. <laughs> but I guess to it, them, it looks normal. Right. I think for Jane, it's just a lifetime of Sydney fucking up and being the wild child. And she's like, well, this is, of course, was going to be the culmination. Right. And so far only Matt has seen like a little bit of a weird Kimberly moment. Right. Anyway, let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, what do you know? Joe seeks out Reed's parents at their hotel and... She's like, here, here's a picture of Reed on the boat where I shot and killed him. I love that she has this one, fr- and it's in a frame. Why? It's did- like, why did you have this rando framed picture of Reed <laughs> that you didn't know you had when they came last night? Um, it's crazy. And the dad is like, you know, I think you were the love of his life. And Joe's like, yeah, okay, great. And then she gets up to leave. Okay, but the way she gets up, she's like, oh. Yeah. 
just like the most the most pregnant way you can ever get up ever. Like it's almost like she's about to pop because she's not that big yet. No, she's like holding her lower back and like struggling. She's like waddling to the door. <laughs> it's so crazy. And that's when Reed's mom is like, "How far along are you, dear?" And then yeah. Joe is like, six months. She just gives six up. Months. <laughs> she gives up immediately. Like she couldn't say four or like after Reed died or like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, she's so dumb. And then the mom is like, is it my son's? And she says, another dumb fucking answer. Yeah. I mean, which is true. It is. She goes, no, it's mine. So she immediately looks like, she's going to be aggressive about not letting them see the baby, right? Yeah. And also, this is the perfect opportunity for Joe to have been like, no, it's my ex-boyfriend Jake's or whatever. Anybody's. Anybody. Anybody's. It's Billy's. Who cares? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. She could have lied. And then the mom, Reed's mom, Mrs. Carter, just starts laying it on thick. And she's like... Oh, this has been such a tragic situation. And this baby, we could turn it into love. And this, oh, we could yeah. have a grandchild. And we, 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 we. And Joe then admits, she's like, yeah, Reed's the dad. Yeah. And Reed, it's Dumb. Reed's. And the parents are so happy. And they're like, well, we'll respect your decision if you want us in the child's life. Yes. And she's she's skeptical. And for someone who is so skeptical of these Ugh. parents, she sure is blabbing a lot. Why did she do this? I'm just so, I can't, I'm just so baffled. Because now we, the audience, has to suffer. Because she looks even, whatever outfit she wore to this makes her look even more pregnant. So she didn't try to hide it at all. No. And then she got up, like I said, like someone gave her the direction, be as pregnant as possible. This is 1994. You could have gotten a baby doll dress anywhere. Put on a little sunflower baby doll dress. Sit in a chair that you don't have to be like, <laughs> or just stand and drop the picture off. Go borrow. She didn't have to go in. Go borrow something from Jane Mancini Designs. She sat in a cushy sofa that anyone would struggle to get out of, quite frankly. Right. <laughs> but all she had to do is drop it off at the desk. Yeah. She didn't have to go up. No, she's so dumb. At the beach house, Matt and Jane stop by. And Michael answers the door, and he sees Jane, and he's like, whoa, who's she? He's immediately horny. So it's like, wow, he really has a type, and he recognizes it even with amnesia. (laughs) Yeah. And that Michael, that bit of horny Michael is still in there. Well, and this is exactly what Kimberly doesn't want, because he is around one of his favorite things, being horny for Jane. Mm. And that's going to stimulate memory for sure. Or something. (laughs) And Jane is like, I was your wife, Michael. We were married. And he goes, whoa, I was married to you? I've been inside you? Like, it, it was so gross. You can just see him get rock hard. Yeah. In this moment. He is like living... And she's like, we have something to talk about, and it's very important. He's like, yeah, sure, come in. I love Amnesia Michael. Mm. He's so good. (laughs) There's something so funny about it. Because he's also, he's like a bimbo. He's totally an airhead. He is like, you're kind of like, this is what Michael would be like if he wasn't evil. Yeah. Just this sort of like... Goofy, horny, kinda horny guy. Yeah. Very simple <laughs> in his needs. <laughs> no, he's like a bimbo caveman. Yes. At D&D, Billy and Allison and Amanda are brainstorming ideas for Escapade. And this is incredible, mm-hmm. this scene. I'm so excited because this is the era of Melrose Place where we really are getting into... D&D workplace drama. Yes. And that's very fueled by personal drama. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda is like, we need to distinguish Escapade from a pack of urban magazines. And Allison says, well, that's going to be tough. Escapade is a very generic magazine. 
And Billy, cut to Billy, he is so offended by this. But it's accurate. It is accurate. (laughs) He's like, generic? What do you mean generic? And Allison's like, Billy, don't make this about us. And then Billy is furious. And he says, you don't have the guts to admit that our relationship is dead and you killed it. And Amanda's like, whoa. (laughs) Escalated fast. She's like, I think I need to leave you two alone to hash this out. But she does something incredible before she leaves the conference room. She presses a button on the phone, which I don't know what this exact button was, but this button allows this the the sound from the conference room to be transported to her office phone. I bet you it's something where someone can sit in on a conference room meeting, but be it by their desk or something. Yeah, it's something like that. I know. She was also, it was very obvious she was pressing that button too. (laughs) So they must have been in there seething in rage at each other and not noticed. Yeah. So, yeah, because Amanda's like, I don't want to miss this. This is going to get good. And I like how when she goes back to her office, the conversation doesn't start until she clicks the button again to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. So Billy and Allison start going at it. And Billy, like Amanda's just listening in her office. She is Mm. wrapped. This, This gossip she wants in on. She is like tingling. She's so invested in this relationship because... It'll always be a win if it's unsuccessful between them for her. Like, Yeah, because even though she doesn't have feelings for Billy anymore, just the fact that, you know, Allison essentially won Billy. Yes. It makes her furious. So this fight between Allison and Billy gets turns ugly and Allison starts crying. And that's when Billy breaks up with her. Yeah. And Amanda then gets sad. She's like, hmm, this hmm. is, this is kind of sad. Yeah. And Billy's like, I'm going to move out. Yeah. And Allison's like, okay. Back at the beach house, Michael cannot believe how he could have cheated on such an incredibly beautiful woman. Yeah. He's like, wow, Jane, are you sure I cheated on you? You're hot. I would, I'd never stop banging you. (laughs) And he goes, Kimberly said you were a backbiting shrew. (laughs) And he's like, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I, you're wonderful. I've got nothing but warm feelings from you, Jane. (laughs) (laughs) This is just so funny to me. And Jane's like, thank you, Michael, but I really need you to sign these papers. And he's like, okay. Good, Michael. He's just such a, God. God, I love that dummy. (laughs) And meanwhile, Matt is snooping around their house. He is in their bedroom opening drawers. I love unhinged Matt so much. I love seeing Matt snoop. I could have watched 30 more minutes (laughs) of him just snooping. (laughs) And just picking up things that aren't essential to the story, but are just kind of interesting. And making faces. (laughs) What is that? Like, just like whatever. And being judgmental. Absolutely. Michael and Jane are still talking out on the deck as Matt is doing his snooping. And he's like, I feel so bad for what I did to you, Jane. Like, because she's telling him what went down in their relationship. Then you fucked my sister. Like, (laughs) He's like, why would I do? You're so hot. He can't, can't believe he cannot this. wrap his mind around it. But suddenly he remembers, you know, I got the feeling that you have ticklish eyelids. And she's like, Ugh. yeah. And then he kisses Jane's eyelids and they start giggling. And this is like a falling in love for the first time giggling moment. Right. Cause she's like, I see the man I married. Yeah. <laughs> Because this like, is that's the dipshit you married. Because this is Michael before he went Wario. Yeah, he's like innocent Michael who's just horny and a dope. Well, and if you think about it, they never gave us a real um, subtle transition for Michael. 
do you know what I mean? There was no turning point. Nothing happened. He just changed all of a sudden. He just got too horny for his coworker. Yeah. And once he started having the affair with Kimberly, he became evil Michael. Yes. That's when the switch was flipped. So while this is happening, though, Matt finds the ultimate thing you want to find when you're snooping. He walks into Kimberly's bathroom, and she has heads and a, a wig is on one, and there's an empty one as well. So he's like, oh, shit, Kimberly wears wigs. Yeah, there's two like wig stands. I love that she has wig stands in her bathroom because <laughs> like, they're on poles. They're not just like heads on the sink counter. They're literally on these huge stands. Yeah. And Matt is like immediately knows what this means. Now, I have to say, I don't think that necessarily (laughs) means anything, but it is definitely interesting. It's an interesting tidbit because the wig that he finds also isn't the blonde wig. It's It doesn't even look like... Kimberly's hair. But it's a wig that's supposed to be Kimberly's red hair. So does that mean that Kimberly has like multiple red hair wigs? I guess. I, I've never been like a wig where, where, where it's like a daily thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you need multiple ones because you have to clean one? Do you know what I mean? I don't know how the, what the cleaning process is, but maybe you need a few. Anyway, he, he realizes, he knows now that Kimberly wears a wig. While Jane and Michael are flirting out on the deck, Kimberly arrives home, and she is furious. Yeah. Because no one's supposed to be there without her permission. No, she does not like not having control And this Michael. is Yeah, and this is like a worst-case scenario where Michael is flirting with Jane. Yeah. And she scolds Jane and Matt, and she's like, uh, what are you guys doing here? And Michael's like, oh, just met Jane. Yeah. And she, she's like, you guys need to leave now. He's, he's very sick. And they, she starts escorting them off, like off the deck. But she tells them, step foot on this property again and I'll have you arrested. That night, fucking Brittany is still on the boat. Go away. Brittany is drinking beers with Jake on the boat, and he's like, I mean it this time. You're out of here. Yeah. Like, he keeps saying that, but then he doesn't kick her off the boat. I mean, this is so irritating. Because if she, what's going to change here? If she truly has nowhere to go, what's she going to do? What's going to, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously, I think she can find a place, but how is he not suspicious of this? situation (laughs) like um it's really fucking stupid and she's and then he he says to her i'm gonna spend the night at my apartment which is crazy to me because i guess we're learning that jake has just been like sleeping on the boat like he has when is the last time you went back to melrose place and why is he sleeping on the boat just to be with her which is also not really um you know along the lines of what he says he's trying to do not have a relationship the whole thing's crazy from every angle yeah. because he's like essentially just going to leave her there overnight, this stranger on, on his, his boat. Which is his business. <laughs> he's so dumb. And she's like, but my husband. And she's like, I just need a couple more days. And he says no. And then he leaves the boat. So, like, he keeps saying, pretty strict. <laughs> he keeps saying no to her, but he doesn't actually do anything about it. No, I'm tired of it. Also, she's like, Your fear intimacy. I was like, That's relationship talk. <laughs> like, yeah. Meanwhile, Jane and Chris are toasting to the fact that Michael signed the contracts, they're getting this department store deal. But then the phone rings, and that was Sydney's lawyer who says that they were able to get a deal if Sydney pleads guilty to temporary insanity, she can get released on like a work release program. Initially I was like, that's crazy. But then I was like, oh, well, she didn't kill him. Right. So it does make more sense. It was like assault with a deadly weapon, I guess. 
Um, and, but Jane has to like give her a job and Jane's like going to do it. She's like, this seems like a good plan. Yeah. The next day, Palmer Woodward and Brittany are just sitting at the marina on the, on the boat. Like they're just at the marina. Which is crazy. Again. Jake literally just always pops up there. And isn't this guy a fugitive? Why is he everywhere? Yeah, I don't know. Palmer's like, my patience is wearing thin. Yeah, well, it's like we don't even know what the plan is. (laughs) So we're not stressed. (laughs) He has this vague plan. And they're just like on the boat. He's just like snooping around the boat. Right. And it's like, what do you need from Jake? To make happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I even know what happens down the line, and I still don't know why they needed Jake on board. <laughs> like, I think it was like revenge, but couldn't he have just like hired a sniper to off or Jake? tied Jake up or drugged him? Like, you didn't need to get him to go along willingly with this girl. Yeah. Crazy. This is such a stupid fucking plan. Um, Palmer Woodward's snooping around, and he sees the bedroom, and he says very creepily, is this where you did it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm guessing there's a few places. (laughs) And she says, Palmer, shut up. And then he says, on a scale of one to ten, how good was Jake at fucking? It's so creepy. But we all want to (laughs) know. We all want to know, but Brittany has a good... Come back. She says, why don't you ask your daughter? Look, if they're fucking Palmer and Brittany, there's something very creepy about that. He's like, go fuck my daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> it's, it's like almost too connected for me. Like Palmer Woodward does have creepy feelings towards his daughter, though. He's like a little too involved with her. He thinks, she, he thinks she's hot. He definitely... Think she's hot in like an Ivanka way. Yes. Do you very, know what it's I mean? Very Ivanka, like I'm just saying the truth. My daughter's very fuckable. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that same tip, Palmer Woodward absolutely is a member of Mar-a-Lago. Oh, totally. Like he loves going to Mar-a-Lago. That's like those are his people. It was his idea to do like the NFT Christmas. Car, or like the um, mugshot card. He's like, let's make some money off of this. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, Joe is at a shoot, and she is shooting a couple fondling each other on a canopy bed. My favorite thing about Joe photo shoots is like, this is not a professional. It always looks like something really low budget. It always looks so cheap. Yeah. I don't know what she could possibly be shooting like what is this an ad for it's like the couple in a iron wrought iron bed with big cushy covers making out with the canopy and it's like what what is this for it's probably for like chocolate maybe i don't know i don't know what it's for lingerie uh, maybe the um, bed fabric softener (laughs) we don't know (laughs) it could be anything Reed's parents show up on the set of this photo shoot. Mm. How they knew where this was is crazy. And yeah, it's not like she has a set location every day. No. Do you know what I mean? I really love Joe's silver velvet top. Yeah. And Joe sees Reed's parents and she's like, uh, and Reed's mom's like, we just want to be there for you. God, I hate these people. God always has a plan. And Joe's like, "Uh, okay. And then she's like, you take good care of our baby. Dun, dun, dun. Like, seriously. Jane visits Sydney at the psych hospital. And Sydney's like, I'm not going to confess to a crime I didn't do, Jane. No, she's got morals. I'm not signing squat. No. She's very in her 1930s mode of like the the language she uses. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I was thinking squat was very 90s. I feel like we said diddly squat a lot then. Really? Yeah, like that's... But that's maybe, old. 
Maybe because I was a kid and you didn't want to like swear in front of grown-ups, right. so you'd say. I like how you're trying to convince us all that diddly squat was a real thing that people said. I don't think that was very common. Dude, you might have said it. I heard diddly squat all the time. Really? Yeah, like I, that. That doesn't mean diddly squat. Okay, but that's not a '90s saying, though. It would maybe people bringing back an old thing, right? I heard it all the time on the playground. Is all I'm saying <laughs> is there were a lot of kids in the '90s who said diddly squat. I've never heard that. I it was a phenomenon. It was like a maybe weird it's a Bay Area thing. No, I swear to God, that's why when she said, "I'm not signing squat," I think of that as old school word, like very old. Please. Write in if you were a child in the 90s and you said diddly squat or some <laughs> variation. Okay, I need to hear. Because I swear to God, it was like kids being like, that is a mean diddly squat. Okay, I mean. Little shit children saying diddly squat. <laughs> I swear to God. At Wilshire Memorial Hospital, Kimberly's walking down the hall with her girlies when Matt intercepts her and is like, Kimberly. And she's like, now's not a good time, Matt. And he's about, he's like, well, it's about Michael and the accident. And she's like, what? And he's like, I think you ran over Michael and framed Sydney. And she's like, listen, Matt, you little homo. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) And she starts talking shit back to him. Oh, it's on. It's on. Mm. This is a feud I forgot about how much I loved. It's so good. The Matt-Kimberly feud. Honestly, his best storyline. <laughs> Kimberly says to Matt, they said the driver was wearing a short blonde wig. Now, how could I get all of this hair under that? That's and, an insane thing to say because it's like, of course you can, ma'am. That's also <laughs> a very specific alibi. Yes, <laughs> You think I could get all this thick hair under a wig? Get it's, real. It's a little <laughs> it's a little too specific. And so Matt's like, oh yeah. And then he rips Kimberly's wig off in the middle of the hospital. Honestly, like the wig pull of a lifetime. <laughs> it, it was insane that he did that, to be honest. Like this was this is such an iconic scene. This is um queer history. This moment. Right. Cause I mean, there's just so much going on in this moment. Kimberly's insane, like alibi that she could never fit all of her luscious locks under a wig, right. knowing damn well that she's wearing a wig right now. Right. At this moment, Matt basically touching this woman. <laughs> Like, technically, he should not have touched... You don't touch a woman, like, pulling her hair off, right? Yeah. Like, nowadays, I'd be like, what? Even though it's, like, for the good of all mankind in this moment. Um, That's crazy. I mean, this is a real gamble from Matt, too. Yes! Because what if he was wrong? And he pulled her hair really hard. Right. He might have been fired and charged with assault. But this is such an iconic moment between... This, like you said, this is gay history. This is an incredibly gay moment. Yeah. The whole of it. like All of it. And it's an incredible moment for Matt Fielding as a character because he is really standing up for himself in this moment. He's standing up for himself. Uh, he took a risk. For once, it pays off because he has this great moment with Kimberly and her choppy hair mm. just standing there with his wig, that wig in his hand. And this is, but this is like Kimberly's moment too, where she's like, you, you're, I'm going to kill you. Like she's, she's, she's furious. (laughs) Imagine seeing this scene happen while you're just walking down the hall. You're a nurse and you see one of the doctors that you, at the hospital you work at, their wig comes off and they have this really bad haircut underneath. That's the only thing this scene is missing. I would love to have seen a group of gals. Like a reaction. Being, being like, oh my God, look. <laughs> like, what an iconic moment. Ugh. I had forgotten it. It was so fucking funny. 
Um, Kimberly really flew too close to the sun yeah. with Matt on that one. Right. And she got what she deserved. She's like, I didn't know you had that dog in you. Just the, I, I love that in that moment, she's like, you think I could get all of this? Matt <laughs> 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 had no choice. He was enraged when she said that. Ugh. And he, he just had that moment where he was not thinking and Ugh. he just did it. Like it is such, she was just too snotty about it. <laughs> It's such a win for Matt Fielding. I'm so ha- I'm so happy for him right now. Yeah, it was definitely great. That night at the psych hospital, Sydney gets molested by an orderly. And this guy has a cottage industry of playing creeps. This actor. Yeah, this actor. Like he's always playing this type of character. Because he's uh, got those like real long eyes. They're like really, they really big, sleepy. They're really <laughs> sleepy, big eyes. And he's kind of big too. He's, he's like a big a, guy. Yeah, he's a large man. Um, he always plays these like creepy or mysterious weird weirdo roles. Yeah. Um, and he basically tells Sydney, he's like, I'm just gonna molest you every night. Yeah. It's really, it's really disturbing. It's disturbing. The next day at Jane's shop, Matt calls and he's like, you're not going to believe what happened at the hospital yesterday. No. I tore Kimberly's wig off. It's crazy. Like, I just confirmed what I, what I suspected. Kimberly wears a wig and she's like, Matt, what does that have to do with anything? Kimberly wears a wig. And he's like, she's guilty and he wants to go to the police. And then she's like, well... It's too late because Sydney pled guilty today. Because she got molested. Because she got molested at the hospital. And she's like, I just need to get out of here. Yeah. And he's like, but Jane. And I she, like how she's confessed and that means we don't look further into this. Or that innocent people don't <laughs> confess. Right. Yeah, there's like, okay. Right. So she, Jane, Matt, but Matt knows better. Matt has been around the block. Matt knows the criminal justice system. He knows people he knows people better right. than anybody on this show and he's like i'm not buying it he's trying to like reason with jane and matt is vibrating from the wig snatch doll yeah. you know how i know i know how he's feeling he is like on it because it's it's like when you take that big of a risk and it's so risky like the stakes are that high but it just does pay off by some miracle and you get away with it. No, it's like an ex- what I imagine an extreme sport would feel like. Yeah, like doing something like that. Right, like you make some. Um, His adrenaline jump. is going. So he he knows Kimberly did it, and then Kimberly comes up to him at the hospital, and Matt is Matt's kind of scared because he well, can't. Yeah. He's a little he's a little shook cuz he's like, "Oh fuck." Like cuz she's basically going to confirm that he is right. And that's scary. It is scary. And she he apologizes to her. And she cuz he cuz now he realizes the gravity of what has happened and that Kimberly if this is true then Kimberly is as unhinged as he suspected. Right. It was not a, it wasn't a smart plan. <laughs> As far as his safety went, but it did feel good in the moment. Yeah, the wig it, felt, snatch. it felt good at a time. Yeah, at the time. So he's like, "Look, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry, Kimberly." Sorry. He's like peeing his pants when he sees her, and he's like confronted with the reality of like, "Whoa, maybe what I did felt really good, but now there's going to be consequences." There's also something hilarious about apologizing for something like that because yeah. it's like, "Are you sorry?" Because <laughs> that's a lot to be sorry for. Yeah, I'm sorry I snatched your wig. Mm. And she says to him, keep in mind, in a hospital, it can be a very dangerous place. And I had a strange premonition that you were headed for a terrible accident. I mean, it's very creepy. She goes, watch your step. And she said, what did she say too about an infected needle or something? She she said just recently, and this this was provided a lot of interesting exposition. I mean... (laughs) Because this leads me to believe that some nurse pissed Kimberly off. Yeah. And she did that because she says, just recently, a nurse was accidentally stabbed with an infected needle. Yeah. You never know. (laughs) Hospital's very dangerous. Uh, 
at D&D, Amanda goes up to Billy and hands him a paper, and she's like, what is this? And he's like, uh, it's an apartment application. I wanted to use you as a reference. Yeah. Amanda already knows this information because she overheard it. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, Billy, I don't want you to move. And meanwhile, Allison's at her desk overhearing all of this conversation. Right there. And she's getting sad because... Billy's not going to leave Melrose Place. He's Amanda's offered him a unit in the building that's just opened up. Yeah, she just happens to have one. Like, who moved out? Ever, it's full. Seems like <laughs> no, everyone... No cast member left. No. <laughs> Jane is signing Sydney out of the hospital, and Sydney is very happy to get out, and she's going to stay with Jane. And Chris is also there. This Why guy just, is he there? This guy should not be there. This is inappropriate. It's weird. He's just meeting Sydney for the first time. This is not like her best moment. Imagine your sister picks you up from the mental institution and she brings her new boyfriend. I'd be, I'd be like, come on. <laughs> Can it just be us? I'd be so upset and so embarrassed. No, come on. Um, she meets Chris and he's like, hi, Sydney. And she's like, oh, Jane, you always meet the nicest men. So we know where this is going. Mm. <laughs> that night, Amanda's lounging on her purple couch, reading a magazine. When the magazine a- was called Mystique. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's that? That's not uh, generic. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's Mystique is good. Escapade's generic. There's a knock at the door. And, of course, it's her dad, Palmer Woodward, and he's like, hello, sweetheart. Yeah, he's like, "Is he? he's not chomping a cigar, but it, it has the energy. <laughs> <laughs> At Shooters, Ugh. Joe and Allison are having a meal. Now, I paused this to take a look at what Allison was eating, mm. and this is what Allison was having for dinner at Shooters. <gasps> Half a turkey sandwich. With a side of cottage cheese and a slice of cantaloupe and a side salad. Revolting. This is the most Allison dinner ever. It's very on brand for Allison, but I don't buy for a second that shooters would sell that, like cottage cheese. I'm sorry. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the food shooters would have. You think it's just wings and mozzarella sticks? I buy the sandwich. Even though I'm on the fence about it. I'm on the fence about a turkey sandwich at Shooters. I'd buy a burger. I would buy a grilled cheese. Maybe a BLT. Yeah. And the turkey sandwich, it seems very diner lunch too, right? Like the cottage cheese though, come on. Shooters, who the hell is going to Shooters (laughs) and getting a scoop of cottage cheese? Allison. (laughs) That's so revolt. That's like gross. It's really gross. Um, it was just like a plop of cottage cheese on they the They went down to the whatever lot and got this tray of food, whatever lot this is filmed on, Fox Lot or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's very uh, cafeteria. Joe gets served a subpoena. By like the hottest server. Yeah. Like he comes up like a hot guy. This like process server who we think is about to be a character on the show. Right. Because he's he hot. Looks that good. Yeah. And Joe's also a fucking idiot once again because this guy comes up to her and he's like, hey, are you Joe Reynolds? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I need you to sign this. She doesn't question anything. She doesn't even look at what she's signing. She's just like, okay. I mean, at this point in my life, I've seen enough TV to never, if some rando comes up to me asking me, I always say no because I don't want to get served. No. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what happens she thinks, I don't know what she thinks, but she's all smiling and he hands her an envelope. He doesn't even say like, you got, you've been served. He doesn't say it. I, he, I was waiting for the line. Me he too. Say it. He just hands her an envelope and she's like, ooh, she thinks it's like a note from a secret admirer. What does she think it is? She's all smiling at this note. She's like, still got it. <laughs> <laughs> she opens the note and her face falls and she's like, oh no, I'm being sued by Reed's parents. They want custody of the baby. So irritating. Joe, this could have been avoided. Yeah. This is your fault, Joe. And what happens next is even more infuriating. It's always her fault. Because the steps that she takes to handle this 
are not okay. She's truly uh, not the Joe we first met anymore. She's not street smart New York Joe. No, she is not. What's her real name? Joe Reynolds? What's her real name? She has like a real name. Beth. Beth. It's Joe Beth. But her mom called her Beth. And she went by Beth when she was married. This is Beth. This This is is Beth (laughs) behavior. (laughs) She's a fucking idiot. Anyway, we'll be back soon with episode four. Yeah. A, A good one. It's a really good one. I eat... Bye. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Let's get out of here. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.